Today we are discussing the hidden meaning in the film, The Last Voyage of the Demeter. I was surprised as we were watching this movie to notice that one or two of the main points of the movie were actually spiritual themes. And we'll get into that. Uh, Dracula himself is actually a metaphor. So we're gonna talk about that and some of the history behind Dracula. But before we get to that, the film introduces a spiritual question near the beginning of the film that you're supposed to be following throughout the course of the film. It was one of the main themes. Did you guys catch what it was? I did. It was the same answer I think you, you told us was, why does evil exist in the world? And I think it's fairly simple, if you, depending on what you believe, I guess. But uh, at the same point, I, I don't care. <laughs> because I don't want evil yeah. in my life. So I'm not going to go out and find it. I realize it's going to happen. It's going to be there. And I think I know why. <laughs> because you know the Bible told me so. Yeah, in this movie, I don't like this theme because it causes him to... I'm already getting deep into the movie. I don't know if you want to go this quick, but his he wants to find why evil exists so much that he ends up putting everyone in danger for it you know we need to find this guy we need to capture this thing or whatever why didn't they just throw all the crates in the water and i think it's because the clemens was so obsessed with finding out why this thing existed he didn't really think about the consequences of it and that could just be from the way i saw it but uh that was one Ooh. thing that jumped out at me in the movie it was just like don't don't worry about why it's there just yeah. get rid of it you're right because they did find the one the the box that he sleeps in before why didn't yeah why didn't they just try to kill him while he was sleeping yeah wow. that's a big plot point i mean so, that will that doug and i talked about when we walked out of theater that's one of the things that both of us said like eh, there's a couple things here i mean oh like i said i know we're just starting this thing off we're getting we're gonna get pretty deep into it here so i like it i don't know if you want to get that deep this far or, or so soon but that's definitely something i want to talk about here in a little bit on some of the decision making that went on aboard this ship but yeah yeah but i i agree with doug yeah, I, think I had a couple things that too. was probably the point it's like evil exists and it's this is just that classic battle of good and evil and you know how do you how do you conquer evil like what what steps you have to take to to get rid of it in your life but yeah i mean i didn't really think about it until doug just said that but doug makes a really good point i mean your obsession with something sometimes you can actually be doing more harm than good you know i mean i think his intentions were all good but yeah exactly though there was he's kind of letting that cloud his judgment a little bit on what's the best thing to do here and the best thing to do in that situation is just get off the boat. <laughs> you know, so, but uh, yeah, we'll get into that. <laughs> or get it yeah, off the you boat. Know, to kind of bring it into modern terms, because I work in apartments, if somebody calls and says, I have bugs, we don't go and try to find out why or where they're coming from. We get rid of the bugs first. And then once that, the immediate problem is taken care of, then you can figure out, 
you know, okay, where are they, you know, are they coming from something? Are you, you know, whatever. They don't do that. You know, they're, Who cares? they're just like, why does this thing exist? <laughs> get rid of it. Later. Everyone's rid of dying. It. Why? Yeah. I don't know why it didn't dawn on the writers. Cause I, I, I take it like he didn't make a yeah. conscious decision to leave it on the boat. I, I take it as like, he didn't think to put yeah. it overboard or the writers didn't think because they had another story that they were probably thinking about telling. Right. I didn't think about that in the theater, honestly. Yeah. And I think before we get into that even more, I think we should probably do a little bit of a setup of what this movie is about, because a lot of people probably don't really know what the Demeter is, where it came from. And it's really an interesting story. It's kind of a story within a story what this thing is so i think maybe we should kind of like you know go into that a little bit and kind of give a little backstory on, on what this is okay yeah so the gist of that is dracula is a mechanism through which the main character explores why does evil exist in the world and paired with that is he starts off in a place looking for a natural explanation because i don't think he believes in a world beyond this world so no afterlife, no Satan type figure, anything like that. But he will, we'll talk about whether or not he changes his mind by the end of the film. So it could be looking, it could be looked at as a faith journey for him. And I think the movie's yeah. going to make that blatantly obvious. So I, I don't think that's anything we're extrapolating. I, I believe it was intentional in the writing, but let's, yeah, let's go into. The background on the Demeter, what do you know about it? Well, the Demeter is the ship that was first mentioned in the book Dracula, written by Bram Stoker in 1897. Dracula, Count Dracula, lives in Transylvania. He buys up a lot of land in London, and he's got to get there. So he has all of his minions put him in cargo, and he's in dirt. He's in these boxes of dirt. And the reason being, which they don't explain in, in the movie, Demeter, but the reason that he's in these boxes of dirt is because that's how he has to keep his power. He has to be in the dirt of his homeland. So he's got all these crates full of dirt. He's in it. They put him on the ship, and the Demeter is the ship that's taking him from Bulgaria to um, England. And in the book, there's a whole chapter called The Captain's Log. And the book, if you haven't read the book, Dracula by Bram Stoker, it's not written like a normal novel. It's all written in the form of uh, diary entries, journals, newspaper articles. It's got, you know, it'll always have a date, and then this is what somebody wrote in their journal. And then the next paragraph is a date and then a journal entry. So you're getting the perspective from all these different characters, Van Helsing's character, Jonathan Harker, Mina, Lucy, all these people. Renfield, I think, is in there through newspapers. But anyway, in the movie and in the book, there's a chapter, and it's the captain talking about how they set sail, and it's a clear day, and now we've got an unsuspected storm just blew up, and my first mate is missing, and a couple days later, more crew have gone missing. I think there's something or someone among us, and we don't know what it is, and then... The next thing you know, the Demeter crashes into shore in London and there's nobody on board. So the writers of this had to come up with a two hour movie based off of one chapter from a book. So 
that's the story that they were telling. And, and I think you're right. I think that's the story they wanted to tell, but they may have overlooked a few things when explaining <laughs> some stuff. I think they automatically assumed everybody knew, you know, oh, they've seen Bram Stoker's Dracula. They, if they've seen that, then they'll understand what's happening in this movie. If you haven't seen Bram Stoker's Dracula, you might be a little confused on why is he hanging out in dirt? Why is he, you know, on this ship going to England? What's what's the point? All of that stuff is in the old movie Nosferatu as well. Correct. The black and white 1920s Dracula movie Max that Shrek. isn't really called Dracula, but they got sued for it. And yeah. it's very sought after because I believe the studio that sued them had a bunch of the copies destroyed. It was actually Bram Stoker's widow who sued them because she wasn't getting any royalties from it. Yeah. But yeah. They the problem is, well, the problem is Bram Stoker didn't copyright it correctly. So by the time the movie was made, it had entered public domain. So, oh. the, so the studio starts making this movie and she's all mad because I'm not getting any royalties from it. And part of the settlement was they had to destroy the, the copies, but like one copy survived and that's the copy that you can find. And so I think there's a couple streaming. I watched it earlier this it, year. But, yeah, that's yeah, interesting, creepy. and I think that caused that studio to go under as well. That's possible. Yeah. Okay, so historically, Dracula is actually a metaphor for something. Do you guys know? For evil, for the evil. devil. For the devil, yeah. Yeah, Bram Stoker, I also read, sorry, but I also read that Bram Stoker, when he was researching names, he thought Dracula meant the devil in Romanian. It does not. But he thought it did. So that's why he chose that name. So that that's why all of these films continue to depict Dracula as a Satan figure. Correct. Yeah. Because that is part of the root of the original character. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I, I was going to kind of go through. This isn't all the Dracula movies, but this is probably the big ones. Uh, Nosferatu has the ship scene in it. It has the coffins of dirt. And so that's like a 10 minute section of the movie that here has been made into a full movie. The Bella Lugosi movie. Do you know when that was? 1931. So that's, that's when they turned Dracula into more of like a romantic seductive womanizer or Satan figure. So they kind of cartoonified him a little bit. He's not as horrifying. Whereas in Nosferatu, he's supposed to be pure evil. Then if we skip to the 90s... Well, you got the Francis Hammer. Ford. You have the Hammer films in the 70s with Oh, yeah, I guess those Lee. were a big deal. Yeah. Christopher Lee. Lee. Yeah. And I don't know much I'm about those right. except they were fairly cheesy, right? They were, they were made I mean, very quickly, you know, I think. I like to watch constantly, but... Okay. You know, the Hammer films, they had a handful of them. Yeah, they so made a lot. They were, now, in they were Francis Lord... Oh, okay. Yeah, I know a lot Absolutely. of people are a big fan of those. Yeah. The Francis Lord Coppola interpretation is interesting because it had Keanu Reeves and Gary Oldman in it. But in that that movie, they changed the Dracula lore a little bit. And I, I think you see a little bit of that in this new movie, The Last Voyage. But Dracula in that movie represents an Antichrist figure, not necessarily the devil himself. But he's a crusader and he's fighting for God, but then he... he thinks his wife or I think it's his wife, his wife commits suicide. Dies. Yeah. Yeah. And so he turns against God, but then at the end of the film, 
I guess spoiler alert, we're going to get into spoilers for the last Demeter too. At the end of that film, Dracula actually, it's left, it's left to make you think that Dracula may have actually come back around to God and like gotten his salvation back. So if you take that whole theme of like rediscovering faith or discovering faith, I mean, they took that from that movie and they transplanted it into this movie, only it's not Dracula who's redeemed in this movie. It's one of the other characters. So, and recently we watched Renfield. We did review that if you want to go back to it, but that depiction of Dracula is more of a, a Satan wants to rule the world. And in a biblical parallel, they call Satan the prince of this world. Like he has domain over earth. So and then you got this depiction totally of Dracula, which is just a yeah, serial yeah. loving guy. <laughs> yeah. Just loves chocolate. Um, Favorite cereal ever. There was another movie and I think it was Dracula 2000. Don't quote me on that. Cause it's been a while. Yeah. But it had a really cool way of making Dracula who he was. Dracula was actually Judas. Hmm. Because he hung himself at sundown. Was that right? Yeah. Uh, he was uh, paid silver to portray Christ. And that's so his weakness. In, in a lot of vampire lore, uh, silver can kill vampires too. So it may, may have just been a vampire movie. Maybe it wasn't Dracula 2000. I can't remember exactly the movie. But I, I really, the movie wasn't good, but I really liked that story was how mm-hmm. Judas was the first vampire. And that's why he can't walk in day anymore. That's why uh, silver can kill him. Um, the cross, of course, he's affected by that. So I thought that was a cool way to bring Dracula to life. It's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, that is interesting. And I think all of that character history is compiled together to make Dracula what he is here, except they, they took out the seductive part. Obviously, nobody wants to be womanized by this depiction of Dracula. Yeah. <laughs> but you see a Satan figure and they keep calling him the devil. So he's supposed to be a, a metaphor for that. And when I say that Dracula in the past has been depicted as an antichrist, you might have heard people use that term for like politicians or make these connections to revelation. But I don't really think that's what that is supposed to mean. I think an antichrist basically just means someone who is like against Jesus's mission so he's he's a force of evil but uh, oftentimes in the bible that's depicted as a a spiritual entity like a a uh, a satan figure not a human so that's what we have here in dracula and there was an interesting quote from the end of the film we'll come back to discuss the rest of it but clemens when he is confronting dracula on the ship deck at the end in the rain and he yells at him he kind of goes off on dracula and says he says something like deep down you're afraid too because you're afraid of something to the effect of what's on the other side like what's at the end of this life because you know that you're gonna die can you remember exactly what he said do you know what scene i'm talking about yeah and i think you paraphrased it pretty well it's something about that you're afraid of what's next or what's coming after Mm -hmm. this life and yeah you paraphrased it pretty well i can't remember exactly what it was but you were close I, I took it like he was saying, 
you do what you do because you know that you're not going to be a part of the next life. Like you know that you you're going to die and you're not going to have an eternal life. I, I feel like he was saying that without saying any, any of those yeah. faith related phrases, but there are certain points in this movie where I was like, they're, they're clearly using Satan lore to carve out what this character is like, which is interesting to me. Yeah. I thought that was interesting. Yeah. He had a Clemens says, I, I liked his character a I lot. Clemens comes on board. He's a, where did he say he went to, he went to Cambridge and he has a medical degree mm-hmm. and he studied astronomy and he's on board this ship and as basically as the crew's doctor, but he also has that other mission. But I, I liked his character arc. I liked watching him progress throughout the story and get to that point at the end. Like I said, he was kind of a non-believer yeah. and then he kind of had a, an awakening uh, towards the end of this film. Did you think that he got his answer for the reason for evil in the film? Do they close that arc? If, if he did have a moment of faith, maybe he now realizes that, you know, I, I don't think they really went into it, but there's one way you could look at it is that during this uh, trip, he did get his faith and now he believes in an afterlife, a God. And if there is good, there's got to be evil. So I think if you look at it that way, then yeah, his answer was, or the question was answered. But if you look at it as still ongoing, then maybe he's still looking. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think you're right. I was starting to think that maybe he didn't get his answer. But if you think about it, like, well, he he got faith out of this whole conundrum, and and therefore that explains evil. Then I yeah. guess he did. So he did. It's just hard to see. So maybe they did close that arc. Yeah, I I thought his story was really interesting too because. Like when he says at the beginning of the film, he has to make sense of this world and why it is so evil. You really don't know what kind of evil he's talking about until he says, like, you know, he has never been accepted because of his his race. Right. And I thought that was interesting because his personal experience has helped shape, you know, how he sees the world. And I remember going down to denton texas for my cousin's wedding and there was a doctor like there there was a it's kind of like a museum like building and it was the history of the town and and there was a black doctor that had been practicing in that town and he was driven out by white people so i thought of that when i saw this movie i'm like this has this is something that i know has actually happened yeah and you're you're right when you say like you're the way you perceive the world bases on is based on your experiences if you've never had to deal with any Thing like that, like in his case, prejudice. If you had to deal with that, then you might think that the world is all sunshine and rainbows unicorns. and unicorn, right? Um, but his perception of it is, you know, not as as happy because of you know the the things that he's had to face in his life and what he's had to go through. So I can yeah. definitely see where he would say this world isn't that happy it's not that good because of all of this stuff that goes on and why does this happen why are we like this which is a really good question why is the world like that there's no need for it i mean it's an interesting point though it's just yeah you're you're the way you perceive the world is always going to be based on your experiences yeah so so before we go into his faith journey 
I would like to talk about what you thought of the depiction of Dracula in this film. That's all right. <laughs> all right. I don't know what I was expecting. You know, I, I've never read the book. All I know is the uh, one with Gary Oldman. And I've seen that like once or twice, I think, years ago. So I, I, I thought it was kind of interesting how at the end, even though he still was kind of messed up, freaky looking he could walk amongst the populace as the way so it was almost like the more he drank maybe the little bit more human he became yeah um, yeah white yeah, about he, that, but. they talked about him being able to take on a human form didn't they they did and in in, in bram stoker's dracula uh, the book and the movie it talks about how he can walk among he can walk during the daylight he's just not as strong you know, he's stronger at night, but the more he can feed and the more that he's in, you know, that dirt, the more power he gets. So like on the ship, you know, he's all like monstrous. And even in, even in the movie, Bram Stoker's Dracula, they show him in the crates and he looks non-human. And then by the time he's in London, he's got, you know, the long hair. He can shapeshift into a, uh, to a wolf. He can turn into a bat. He can, you know, all that stuff. So yeah, the more power he gets, the more he can change his appearance. What I found interesting in this is when at the end, when they do show a quick glimpse of what he looks like, he looks like Max Shrek in Nosferatu. They, I thought that too. He had the long, narrow face and then long, no, you know, he looked, and I thought that was so cool that they made him look like Nosferatu mm -hmm. version. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I thought I, 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 I liked the way he looked. I thought he was a little creepy looking. I mean, it's definitely terrifying if that was you saw that coming at you. When he's in the form of a bat, though, I thought that was when he's the most terrifying. You know, when he's mm -hmm. on the ship and he's got his big wings and he looks that that's the that would be like the, the scariest part of it. I liked the character design a lot. I did think maybe they showed a little too much of him at times. I usually am pulled out of a scary film when I can tell something CGI. I did think the CGI in this movie was above average for a horror film. But if they pulled back how much they show of him, like 20%, yeah. it would have been perfect. But, but the first couple times they show him in the shadows, I was like, oh, this is going to be really scary, you know, like, Mm -hmm. The way he's crawling yeah. on the deck, I thought that was really creepy. And I just sure. would have liked to see a little less. I, I want 80s horror rules here where they didn't show the monster as much. It's just because you can draw it with CGI now doesn't yeah. mean you should. Yeah, you know? yeah, you mentioned the crawling thing. I just laughed. Of course, Drew remembers it too. I just crawling. remember him sitting there going, don't crawl, don't crawl, don't crawl. What movie Insidious, the crawling part. Oh. Insidious, uh, yeah. Go watch our Insidious review. Oh, I don't, and you can don't like it. No, they, they showed him on the deck, and he's wheezing, and he's coming out of the shadows like this. I'm like, he's going to do the crawl thing. He's going to do the little run on his hands and leg, and I'm going to – don't do it. Please don't do it. <laughs> Dude, when he faked being hurt, too, before he climbed up and, and got one of those guys, that yeah, was – just jumped out. That was pretty he was scary. Like, yeah, the, the way that he – attacked people i could see oh this dracula is supposed to be 
pure evil. Like he is supposed to make you think you're, you're not supposed to like this character. You're supposed to think this is, this is an awful character and it is supposed to be that metaphor for evil in the world. Yeah. He definitely had no human quality. Yeah. Like, uh, he said the Bella Lugosi, they made him more of the womanizing, like the romantic style. He looks human. He acts human. Bram Stoker's Dracula did the same thing, even though you knew he could change and be a monster, but he still, you know, when he had the long hair and the mustache, he was a handsome looking guy and he was charming and he was still evil, but you could see how he could get away with that. This guy here was 100%. You look at him and there was no human quality about this guy at ever whatsoever, you know, yeah. 100% bad news. It is interesting that when they talk about Dracula being human and taking on a human form, that's where you really start to see that Satan figure or antichrist metaphor. Because if you think about it, Jesus is, depicted as God taking the form of a human, right? So God becoming human, and now you have evil, this gargoyle bat thing becoming a man. It's the opposite of Jesus. So there's your Antichrist metaphor literally mm -hmm. on screen. Yeah. So how did it affect you, and how did, how did this affect the whole metaphor for evil in the world when Dracula killed Toby, the kid? Like, did, did you see that coming? No. That I did not. I saw it when they fed on him. I thought it's going to be a feed and he might, yeah, he might just get sick, but he, they won't, obviously, I think he's going to die. And then, and then he died. And you're yeah. Like, that, was, that was dark. <laughs> that, was, yeah. that was dark. So. They didn't know that. Did. I'll give them that. You know, and then to have him, you know, pull the sheet down and they catch on fire. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> yeah, it's like how, how awful can in. you show the world yes. on screen to make people really feel the message that the writer was trying to make you feel. So killing a kid. Oh man, I can't believe they did that, but they, they made you feel that whole, wow, this mm -hmm. world is messed up. They, they made you look at it. Yeah, it was, uh, I, I didn't see it coming. That was a bit of a shock. That's that's the one thing I was I, yeah. when we were watching it. I kept wondering, like, you know, you know the story that it's a ghost ship when it arrives. So, is everybody going to die on this boat? Like, are they going to kill everybody? But then I thought, no, Clemens and the kid are going to get out of here. That's that's what I was thinking, and I was I was off on that one. They made you get attached to this kid too because he's crying because the animals died and he was like, it was my job to take care of them. So they endear you to this kid and usually if they do that, that means that character is kind of yeah. off limits. But they, they make you like this kid and then, mm -hmm. oof. Yeah. Boy. It, it gets the point across that they Absolutely. were going for. I wished at the beginning they had not said there were no survivors. And I know they didn't go with that by the end of the film. But for a long time, up until close to the end, I was starting to think that, oh, they're all just meat. They're all going to die. I'm like, did the writers really give away the film's ending at the beginning? And I thought, surely not. But I would have, I would have rather like total mm -hmm. mystery where the, they ask, were there any survivors? And yeah. they just cut away. Like, I would rather they not, Mm -hmm. say that because otherwise you're expecting 
I eventually I started to think, okay, somebody's mm. going to get off the boat. That's when I started to mm. think someone might well, live. I, I think that's just, since it's part of Dracula, the part of the story, they're just saying this is something everyone else knows. So just in case you didn't know, yeah, no one survives yeah. this mm. shit. You know, it just kind of give you a backstory of what was in mm-hmm. the actual book. Yeah, and see, that's so when they said nobody survived at the beginning, that's why I was kind of thinking, like, yeah, it's like when you watch Rogue One, you know, everybody's gonna die. So it was just like, but then I started thinking, yeah, they're not, you know, like I said, the kid, the main character, I think are gonna find a way off the ship, but but I was prepared for every single one of those dudes to bite it at some point, literally, or I guess get bit. Um, they're all gonna die. I was, yeah, I I figured it was gonna be everybody gone i did too should have been and i'll get into that later but well for a while during the first few kills i i thought okay everybody's dead or almost everybody so i didn't feel that much tension because every time dracula started stalking a character i knew that character was dead so i feel like it did hurt the tension a little bit because i didn't feel much during the first several kills Until he starts getting to the people that you actually start to care about. Yeah, yeah. That's, when yeah. It, that's when it starts getting serious. So why don't we jump into the second spiritual theme here, which is related to what we were talking about earlier. Clemens is on a faith journey. Starts off not believing in an afterlife or anything supernatural. They're trying to explain all of these attacks in some kind of natural state. And I think he gets there before the first mate does even because the first mate really doesn't want to believe that something unnatural is going on here but i i thought this was interesting because when they start off this theme one of clemens's first encounters Mm -hmm. with a crewmate is with the cook and Mm -hmm. the cook at the beginning he actually says something you've heard me talk about this before but he says he doesn't serve to anyone who takes the Lord's name in vain. That's actually a mistranslation of a Ten Commandment because it actually should be, um, instead of swearing, being about swearing, it should it should basically say, don't represent God in vain. So like, don't call yourself a Christian if you're not actually going to treat people well. So and this guy is actually doing. <laughs> yes, the so, real so, Ten so Commandment. So it's okay to say God? <laughs> Well, I would say that's probably lumped underneath, like, you know, frivolously caring about God. I just remember underneath as a kid, I just get. Yeah, no, no one knew what that really meant. Mm -hmm. But in the original language, that's what it means is don't represent God in vain, because it's like you're wearing a company's uniform. So don't do anything that would tick off customers. Right. That's that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah, this cook is so, like Westboro uh, Baptist. <clears throat> exactly. Yeah, yeah. This cook is saying this, but at the same time, he's talking about how I won't do this and I won't do this, and you're like, "Well, that's not real Christian." Yeah. You. Yeah. So <laughs> when I was watching the movie, I wasn't sure what the movie's message was going to be about faith, whether or not it would be a positive or a negative take. But it, it becomes more interesting the more I thought about it. I'm like, "Oh, Clemens is on this journey of." do I believe? And the first person he runs into in the film is a bad example. It's, it's your bad behaving Christian 
And I don't, you know, they don't even reveal that any other characters have faith or are good examples until later. So I could see why like a character like this cook would be very confusing for people about who is God, what is God like, because he's the guy who's knocking people out, stealing their boat, trying to escape, <laughs> doesn't care about anybody. Right. Yeah. He definitely didn't live, live to the way he was saying, you know, no. way he, he didn't practice what he preached at all. But it was a surprise to see Anna jump in and start praying after Toby's death. Because mm -hmm. that was about the point where the cook had just stolen the boat. And I started to wonder uh, how the film was going to deal with that theme. And then here we're introduced to the first positive example that Clemens sees of someone who has faith. Mm -hmm. so that was interesting yeah so what, what did you think then of the examples that Clemens sees the two big examples tell me if I'm missing any there's Anna and, and she's acting sacrificially basically to help people and the captain who almost goes off the rails but they're able to talk him to his senses mm -hmm. and then he ends up basically sacrificing himself for for the crew so they can live what, what did you think of that whole arc was it satisfying were there any other examples we missed uh i, I did like the captain uh you know he loses his grandson and when he's starting to go crazy in his cabin he mentioned that dracula can like telepathically communicate with him and other guys had said that too the the, the first guy who basically turned into a zombie said, I can hear him. I can hear the blood pumping in this. I can do this. So Dracula is tempting the grandfather. It's almost like, you know, the devil is tempting you to help me get to land. Cause I can bring your grandson back. I took him away and I can take, I can bring him back if you help me. And the grandfather almost gives into that. And it's not till Anna shows up and is saying, remember your grandson's smile. Remember him being happy. Remember all these things. Don't give in to this. And then she puts Toby's crucifix in grandfather's hand and that like snaps him out of it. And then he realizes that, yeah, you're right. I, I have this to live for and I need to do the right thing and get everybody to safety. I can't give in to that guy's temptation. So I, I thought that was interesting. And then at the end, to help keep the ship straight, in the book, the captain basically I tied himself if it was him to or the Dracula. steering wheel. Nah, he ties himself to the wheel to okay. keep the ship straight. So he basically, though, but he's kind of up like he was, like you said, crucifixion. Well, I, I think they want the way you to that think he that. is up on the wheel. Yeah. But that's that was in the book. He tied he himself he to the wheel to, to keep it straight. Wheel, or did they just say they found him tied to the wheel? They said that they said they found the captain tied to the wheel. So it could have been Dracula almost in a mocking yeah, way. Yeah, like yeah. where's your god now? I'm tying you here as, as mocking you for believing in that, you know. But um, no, I thought that was an interesting. I like that. I like that little arc that they put in there. Well, when they find him. The captain says something. He he actually paraphrases a Bible verse. I don't know which one it is, but at Paul at some point, 
he's getting close to death. He's in prison. He says, I have run the race. I have kept the faith. He says those things. Did you hear the captain basically say that exact same thing? He's like, tell them that I kept the faith or mm-hmm. something. Yeah. Tell them I was faithful. So I am almost certain that they were taking that idea and putting it here. And that's probably the example that really tips Clemens over the edge into believing. But I, I also liked the way they did this because the captain still dies. And I liked that they said this because the film's theology is actually really good because there's this thing called prosperity gospel where they, they say, oh, your life will be great if you just have faith and you'll make money and all this stuff. Well, that's actually not the way it works in the Bible. Like you could still die because the idea is Satan is still the ruler of this world. So here, Dracula killing the captain, but the captain still keeps his faith. It's really all about the next life. So the film's theology is actually good. Mm-hmm. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Because if he would have like been spared because he had faith, well, then... The movie is implying that, oh, if you have faith, then bad things won't happen to you. Yeah. Vampires won't kill you. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> not that I believe in vampires, but you get the idea, right? Yeah. Like people won't break into your house and take your stuff or you won't be murdered. Like you don't get any of those promises actually. Right. So how satisfying was that whole arc for Clemens? Did you find that compelling I didn't like it. <laughs> yeah? Tell me why. Said, I mean, first yeah. off, I, I didn't like the fact that he didn't, you know, all he wanted to do was find out what this thing is while it's killing everybody on the ship. So I, I wasn't a big fan of that, but I don't like, and I guess I shouldn't say I don't like his arc. It was, it was actually a cool arc. The problem is they took a pre-existing character, a pre-existing story, and then made this whole new hero. So if you go by the actual story in the actual book, this guy survived and he's like, I'm going to take it the fight to him. And then he walks out of the bar and goes, nah, <laughs> and then leaves because he's not Clemens is never mentioned ever again. The way they left it, he was going to go on his revenge tour now and he's not in the movie or he's not in the book. Right. Or anything like that so it's like is everything he's trying is failing and so he didn't write about it or that just i don't like that because he's made out to be this decent character and i'm okay with the character but the problem is they put him in dracula ah because because it sounds like he's gonna you know he should have turned changed his name to van van helsing at that point or something like that because he yeah. was going to be the guy who's going to stop Dracula, but he's not. There is no Clemens in Dracula. Right. So why make a decent story to end it with what sounds like it's going to be a revenge arc, but it's, you know it's not going anywhere because you know the rest of the story. Already. Right. So I didn't like that. Yeah. And I think it was that. So it doesn't fit the book and it doesn't right. fit the the lore you know i mean i think uh, drew and i talked and we obviously we've kind of spoiled the end for you so sorry about that uh but yeah you know clemens lives so 
we were talking, he's sitting there at a bar. He should have just, I could see him thinking about how he wants, he wants to look into this, but he doesn't have the skill. That was another thing I was dealing with too, is, you know, I liked his story, you know, I'm the doctor, I can't find work or anything like that. I took astronomy. I know this, I know this. Plus they made him kind of a decent fighter mm -hmm. and you know, everything like that. If they would have just taken that part out of it and made him, you know, I am a scrawny little doctor who knows astronomy and I, I use my mind more than my strength to at least escape. And then you put them at the bar and it's like, I have the secret. And if I tell anyone, no one's going to believe me, but I can't just let this go. What am I going to do? And then he bumps into this guy and starts talking for a second. He's like, oh, hey, I'm Clemens. And the guy turns, call me Van Helsing. And then end it like that. That would be a, that would be a satisfying ending. That would have been a good ending. But they made another hero to fight Dracula that you never hear about. Hmm. Yes. I so, wonder. I never thought Van Helsing, but I wonder. Yeah. And, you know, the fact that, like I said, I, it bothered me after I understand, you know, the first mate goes missing. All right. You know, it was an accident, but let's keep on trucking. We, you know, we want to make our money. Okay. I totally get that. Accidents happen on sea, blah, blah, blah. Second guy dies and then comes back to life and catches on fire. I'm throwing stuff off the boat or we're landing <laughs> one of the two. Yeah. But we're not going to sit there and just do nothing. Three, mm -hmm. you know, they know where she, he sleeps. She says he's got to sleep in his dirt. They're looking at the box, get it up. You know, it's just from, from that second death, I was out of the movie. Is there any chance it was too heavy? No, they got it. No, 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 no. They got it on there. They got it on there. They have, Okay, so I'm with Doug on this. This is Doug and I, I'm with Doug 100% on this. I'm watching, you know, this, the guy could have fallen overboard. Okay, they find the slaughtered livestock in the bottom. They know something went nuts. It could have been one of the other animals getting mad. It could have been the dog. It could have been whatever. But when you have a guy who you know has been now bitten, you've got a girl who you found in a box of dirt and she's coming to and she's telling you there's something on this ship and this is what he does. And then one of your crewmen becomes a zombie. And when you have him tied to a mast and the sun hits him and he goes up in flames, exactly like Doug said, that's the point where you say, we either land the ship or I'm, we're getting off or something. But they know that everything's happening at night, right? So why are you searching the ship at night? Why aren't you searching the ship during the day trying to figure out where this thing is? And then when Anna points to the box and says, hey, he sleeps in this one, they got the cargo hold right above it. You open that up, you throw the straps and the crane on it, you lift that box up and you open it up and let the sun hit it. You fry the guy and everybody lives and is happy. So there was that's the part where we're talking about the plot holes. There's a little bit of those, these plot holes that just didn't make too much sense and i wish there was some way that they could have written the story and not had those oh there was one that hurt my mind i like i said i liked the depiction of dracula but then all of a sudden they say okay no one goes out at night alone anymore right well then they go down and they search for dracula in the ship in the dark alone 
to leave Toby, a little kid, alone when you have a serial killer monster on board. So I was like, how stupid could you be? Like, at a minimum, don't let the kid go alone. And of course, they... For for making that mistake, yes, there is a brutal consequence. So maybe the movie is trying to tell you that, but like the movie should have made a reason for people to get isolated if they get picked off one by one. If if you don't even try to, you know, get people to stay together after the first killing or two, I I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> yeah. The writing is just not there, and I didn't like how. Like the first mate is still trying to explain away everything like way too long. You know how you always have the character. We talked about this when we 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 did that video on our channel about the Bruce Almighty thing where like God makes him have seven fingers and like he still like nothing that happens, no matter how crazy will make yeah. him believe that God is there talking to him. Well, you've got that same kind of thing here with the first mate, like nothing will make him believe that there is something unnatural or unusual going on. He's like a disease or whatever. I mean, and that makes sense for a while, but it ends up going past the point, I think, where you could, you you have to start thinking outside of your normal conclusions oh. after you see the first. Well, after the guy catches fire, that's enough that right stuff. there. Should be enough to convince you. Yeah. yeah. Right. right. So that's where I'm like, okay, something's not right. Because th- that's the point where he's still trying to he explain. He just got a way, really right? bad sunburn. Like, that that's it? all it was. I couldn't remember. I can't remember at what point, but there was a point where I'm like, dude, give it up, man. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, don't, like I, want them, I wanted the movie to be smarter. I liked the lines. I liked the acting. I love the mood, oh, yeah. too. Yeah, yeah. It looked yeah, it was, great. It was very beautifully shot. Yeah. Yeah, I just they missed a couple of points and I'm not saying I didn't like the movie, but it, that immediately took me out of it. Yeah. I was, you know, I, all I could sit there and it was just like, why is this, why is this happening again? What, why are they there? Why is this, you know, I just, none of it made sense to me the entire time. Like you said, yeah, the, let's go find the serial killer in the middle of the night and leave the kid by himself. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Why aren't they walking around back to back with guns? Yeah, they should all have been. And do it during the day. Yeah. Again, nothing ever happens during the day. That's when I would have been doing it. Did they? But it was just dark below deck? No, it was always nighttime. (laughs) They they did nothing. The only only time is when they found the box. And she's like, there he is. Yeah, they found him. And she's like, he's right there and it's daytime. And they're like, all right, well, I guess we're going to come back when it's storming and dark. That's when we're going to take care of it. Light that thing on fire. Right now, I'm setting the ship on fire. We're killing this thing. You're not getting the money anyhow. You're already probably going to be late. And, you know, you're not going to be delivering what you think you're going to be delivering. I think I'd probably shoot it a few times. Shoot the box. Shoot holes in it. Plus, after, you know, once you know that this box is being delivered to London and you're supposed to be paid... When you get there and you realize you're transporting a monster, you you got to realize at that point you're not getting paid. <laughs> okay, this was a yeah. trap. Yeah. All right. You are getting eaten or that thing is dying. No one's getting money. Yeah. So that's so you just have to cut your losses and sink the ship, blow the ship up, leave. 
And that's the other thing they could have done. They could have all jumped into a lifeboat. They all would have fit in that life. At the end of the movie, they all could have fit ship. in a lifeboat. Yeah, light that life ship boat. on fire, or turn it somewhere else. Because eventually, he's not going to have anything to eat, right? Yeah. So you send him out to sea, and yeah, you starve he's him out. Not, he's not a. He's not a sailor. No, he's not going to he be able to know how to navigate. Probably. And if you turn if you turn into a bat and flew, how far can he actually fly before he's going to eventually just like I can't before you get off the ship? That's yeah, maybe, so the, just, maybe the problem is they're locked into the ending because of the story. He has to get to London. They probably correct. He does, yeah. but yeah, yeah we're, probably, we're thinking of this in a rational. But that's what that's what the problem was. Is I think the writers could have found a better way to do this. You know, this isn't master and commander. Okay, you don't have 500 people on this huge, massive ship. There were what eight people, eight, ten people. This wasn't a big ship. It looked like it was about 3,000 square feet at most. You know, it yeah. looked like a decent sized house. That's about it. Yeah, it's like you could walk across the deck front to back in like 20 seconds. So it's not like you're looking way down. What's going on way down there? You know, you could probably talk in a loud voice and the guy in the rear would hear the guy in the front. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I think a way they could have gotten around this and kept true to the chapter is instead of having, okay, so the voyage is over, I don't know, three weeks, I think they said it was going to take, right? And he had the girl to feed on. And I think maybe you have one guy go missing one night. And then you have the animals are done and they're still trying to figure this out. Maybe you kill off one more guy, but I wouldn't have kept it going the next day, the next day, the next day. I think at what I would have had is he kills everybody all at once on one night. You know what I mean? That way the characters don't have time to react and come up with a plan. It's just like, hey, we're missing two guys and all of our livestock. What's going on? And then all of a sudden, boom, Dracula shows up and mm -hmm. starts killing them. And now these guys are on the ship trying to fight and hide. And you could have done something like that, stay true to the story, and not had all these plot holes. Yeah. They could have escaped from the ship or something and tried to send it off into the ocean. But like, I, mean, I don't know anything about sailing, but maybe some huge storm comes in turns the ship around and then Clemens is in London and then sees Dracula there and is like, Oh crap. We made it. Like, that's the end. Like there could have, right. there could have been something else, but we, yeah. we all seem to be saying there was potential here. There were some good things. Oh yeah. Okay. Great story to tell. Yeah. yeah. It just, I, it felt like it could have been told better. Yeah. And yeah. The fact that they made this new, hero to fight against dracula that you know you're unless unless they're just planning on you know it's like okay let's take the story a different direction and let's make clemens part of it you know maybe maybe if this movie had done well they would have been like all right let's make a clemens trilogy or something like that you know maybe honestly i think that was the plan was it i mean i like the character i and i i like the uh I thought the setting was good and the acting was really good. And for the most part, the writing and dialogue was good. Oh, yeah. But I, I definitely, though, don't want to see a sequel. As much as I like that character, I don't want to see him running around London being a vampire slayer. Mm. 
I just I, I don't want that. See, I actually would have wanted to see that. Whatever I think about this film, I, I would have tuned in for a sequel in hopes that they shored up some of the writing problems. Yeah. Well, yeah. but I don't know. I like Drew's idea because I think you could have gotten to know the characters a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. Just don't. Because a couple of them, them died, and it was like, what was his name? Yeah. Long I think they should have just had one. Larry. Yeah. Just have one big final showdown. If they're on the ship, you build that suspense. Why are these guys dead? What happened to him? Why is the livestock dead? Who is this girl? And then Dracula just shows up when they're close to London and says, ah, I'm going to kill you all now because I can see the land. I can fly there if I have to. <laughs> so. Yeah, it should have it should have ended the night after his uh, grandson. Died. Yeah, because that's when every, you know, and then you could have you still got the first mate who doesn't quite believe mm-hmm. For some strange reason, even though two people have already caught on fire, weird. <laughs> so, yeah, it, yeah, I, I'm just rehashing everything. So, anyway, <laughs> I I right. did feel disappointed with the movie in terms of its scariness and story. When I thought about it later, it grew on me because of some of those spiritual arcs, and I thought that was interesting because I started to see things that I hadn't seen in the theater. And I thought that was an interesting way to go. And I, I think the whole problem of evil, why, why does God allow evil in the world? I think that's a fascinating thing to explore, especially through a horror movie. So yeah, that was interesting. But we're going to save our final thoughts for... We, we play a game when we do some of these reviews. We basically have a 20-point system, and I, I fire a quick questions at these guys and in like five minutes we review the whole film and score it so we're going to save our final thoughts for that but we're going to link this video to that video so you can go straight to it and hear whether or not we recommend this film and what its final score will be so there's some good stories drew mentioned it the acting was really good the dialogue was fun you know everything was good the cinematography was great didn't have any issues with any of that I did agree with you. You showed Dracula a little too much. CGI was getting eh, a couple times. Yeah, I think it's just a story. Yeah. I, and I'm not saying it's a bad story, but it doesn't fit. And it did bug me that. And if they would have, I don't know, made Clemens realize at the end, I shouldn't have been trying to find evil. I should have just been trying to stop it. I don't need to understand evil because evil's just there. I just need to prevent it and keep it out of my life, or keep it, you know. And for, you know, I, I would have, I would have liked to seen a sacrifice from him because he realized I shouldn't have tried to figure this out because I figured mm. it out. All these people are now dead. I should have just stopped it from the beginning or something like that. That's a good yeah. point. That would have made it a little bit better. That is good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like when a doctor studies their patients but causes some of them to die because he's too fascinated with the virus. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah. You know, we've done some bad experiments. Oh, yeah. With placebos that killed people. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm, I'm not saying he's an evil person. Yeah, I don't think he is. I Yeah. You know, I mean, just just something that he was wanted to do and then realized that the last or, you know, too late that it was probably not the best thing to do. So yeah. let me make amends. Yeah. 
don't make me another hero. Let me be a martyr. Let me sacrifice. You know. Oh. He could have sacrificed himself to save the woman. Yeah. But of course she was yeah. regardless. I didn't expect that. Oh. Yeah, at the end, yeah. Even her. Yeah. Catching on fire. Yeah. Catching I on fire. Well, and I forgot to mention, I think they made a critical mistake in this film. Do you know what it is? They didn't have Gary Oldman play Dracula. <laughs> there's one scene. There's one thing you should never do when you have a CGI monster. It's that scene where they zoom in on his face and they made him talk. When Clemens is like, I'm not afraid of you. And then Dracula goes, you will. He said, I don't fear you. You will. And I'm like, no, don't make him talk. Oh, like that totally took me out. Because I've seen that at the end of like really bad, cheesy monster movies over and over again. Oh, yeah. They all and have to I'm like, you fell into the trap. No. Yeah. If you're going to do that, just have it be an actor with makeup on. Yes. So, yes. It looks, so it looks more realistic. You don't need to CG that. Just get the guy up there and put some blue makeup on because it's dark anyway. Give him some fake teeth and just have him mouth it. Maybe he could have been scary if it was non-CGI. Yeah, that was not a successful moment in my opinion. But he yeah, was scary in other places. That, that kid's tiny and skinny. I mean, half the cast was from Game of Thrones anyhow, so you might as well bring one more. <laughs> yeah. Well, all right, guys. We hope you enjoyed this review and stay tuned for our short last few minutes where we're going to have some fun, play a game as we score this film. So we'll see you then. All right. Well, any last thoughts before we go? I got nothing. <laughs> Doug's eating. I was eating. I have my mic. Sorry. Uh, um, can't yeah, wait I, for more. Again, yeah. I mean, 